Pickaxe. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Triforce podcast. Mm. Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're here. Welcome, indeed. Uh, Pyrian, yes. how are you? I'm fine. Do you suppose if you kept a lot of cattle, uh, you could call it a prodcast? Uh, a, pro- a prodcast. Yeah, You'd have the, to, well, can you, you, can, you can keep cattle without having a prod, though, right? Like, uh, you don't necessarily need a prod, so... <laughs> You'd be mad to try. Okay, you would be but... mad to try. Yeah, how I know, How do you but... move them around? You need a prod, right? Well, I mean, you could probably train them, right? Like... Train over time, yeah. it would be like difficult. Maybe but... cattle prods are even banned now, dude. Nah, they seem like a pretty, pretty dangerous, like pretty cruel thing, man. Let, let's have a look. Cattle prod. Okay. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, gosh. Cattle prod. An electric <laughs> cattle prod, also called a stock prod or a hot stick, a hot stick is a handheld device commonly used to make cattle move. Right. Um. They were or, developed. Does it make them move, or does it make them? Move. Very good. Move. The use of the electric <laughs> cattle prod has been debated by many people. Organizations such as PETA contend that the use of cattle prods is as much is mentally it PETA? harmful is as it PETA or PETA? I say PETA because I'm British, but if you're Peta. American, you might say PETA. PETA. Oh. Yeah, yeah but so you'd say Peter, right? You wouldn't say Petter. I would say most, Pete, Peter. Most farmers <laughs> I would say contend that the short shock <laughs> is minutely felt and soon forgotten. Well, do you know what? We, they should be fine with them being tased then, you know? I'm sure that the, the, that time you were tased was quickly forgot. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a big felt. debilitating tase, though, right? It's kind of like, it's more like a little jolt. Yeah. How do you, like, when you're getting again, tased, you know? you're, you're incapacitated for a time, right? I mean, I think the, there's a lot of, there's a voltage difference or an amperage difference or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, but also they, the, the things, they the, like the little needle clamp things that stick into you and continually they don't do that to cattle i think they no. just i think it's like a little spark like a like almost like just a little like a static shock right like, I mean, these are some big strong animals you know yeah and but they don't know what's happening way. to them though when right they, when... but I, I doubt the farmer is gonna try to do something that's gonna harm his product that would be like you know if your fucking machinery is broken down at the old box factory, you decide to go smash it with a sledgehammer to teach it a lesson. I don't think you would. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm I'm pro or con electric cattle prod. I'm just saying I can't imagine that they would be that bad because otherwise, mm. why would you use them? I'm there sure are some guess, that are really bad. I, I guess it did develop into the taser. I saw a lot of tasers being used at the old um, Four Hours at the Capitol documentary. Um, I watched it recently. It was on came on Netflix. It was. Um, have you have you seen that? Like, oh my god, it was crazy to see these people who were very dumb, very sheepish. They were sheep, basically running through into the capital, getting tased. Um, that's what we should. Be. So it was fine to use the tasers on them, I guess. But they were like, there was just, just. I guess the people at the capital think it's some sort of museum, or at least they did. 
you know. No, I I think they they genuinely thought that they were going to overthrow what they saw as a corrupt election and uh, no, 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 the people protecting Trump the capital and, and the general sort of police malaise, you know, oh, the laziness right. that set in in, in the security. Well, who the teams. hell is going to rush the? You know, it would be like storming the House of Commons. It's just it's just not a thing. And even when there's like imagine. these gigantic, terrifying waves of people protesting, it feels like a very thin line. Of police is often yeah. Or at least, I mean, you're not yeah. putting your best guys on that duty, are you? Because no. you know, how often are you going to run into trouble, really? And oh my uh, god, they definitely did turn up in force later on. But I mean, like, it, and I guess it was all a very sudden man, thing that happened. When you think though, the whole thing is a really thin line. Like, uh, I don't know if you've ever had this before, but I was I I went out to well to the garage the other night. You know, like I had to I have to leave my house to go to my garage, but. It was late. It was like 10 o'clock at night or whatever. I stepped outside and it was just like super, super quiet. It was one of those like really still nights, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, the area that I live in is like fairly built up. And I just thought like, it's crazy, right? Like everybody's just at home chilling right now. It could be so different, right? Like people could just be out there doing like fucking God knows what. And but they don't like they're just like probably at home watching TV, just like having a snack or whatever, getting ready to go to bed. And uh, and and it just it just makes me think sometimes that like how how lucky we are, but also how um, how like I, I, I don't know, like the, the word, but like it, it just feels like one little thing could like tip the balance at any time. Kind that's, of thing. Well, that's the famous saying, isn't it? Every every civilization or society is only three meals away from revolution. So yeah, it, it, there's it, no motivation for people to go. I, nuts. I suppose not. Yeah, I guess we're just all like really. You right. know, uh, pacified at this point with like you know all of our our stories and <laughs> our Netflix and and watching I mean, other people and do delivered right. food yeah. to our house and like stuff. That. Yeah, I, I, I don't even so, think yeah. it's like modern living. I think it's just that human nature is to avoid conflict. Yeah, to chill, and as long as you've got enough to survive, or th- this is the thing, it's not even on an individual level. You need a lot of people to be fucking hacked off or furious for some reason yeah to to have any kind of big thing i mean if you look at it like well, i've been to the house of commons and there's like two police there on the main door with mp vibes or whatever man did um, you do a huge flex while you were there and just watch porn on your phone while you were like <laughs> sitting in there or no well no because i'm not a tory mp so i wouldn't do that um, nice. so yeah i um i saw that and i thought you know when you see that you think if there was a genuine threat like the the threat that they're looking at and that they're worried about is a, the lone nutter or like a couple of terrorists, right? Like that's yeah. what they they're protected for. No no system of government is really set up to defend against ten thousand people, uh, because any revolution, if you like, if you want to call it that, whether you're pro or con it, you could still call it a revolution. Any kind of insurrectionist act. The fact is, government and the function of it hinges on the fact that most people are not going to be doing that ever yeah mm. like as long as you can avoid and this is true whether you are a democratically elected leader or an absolute despot nutter it's very hard to motivate people because it's scary yes they yeah, have, even yeah. if it's 10 guys with guns versus a thousand people without guns are you willing to charge them and very very likely die if you're near the front most people are going to go no they're going to throw some rocks and go we're not happy and yeah. then go home so well, it's very. But it was it's so very, interesting watching this four hours at the Capitol because all these protesters were were just they they. I mean, obviously it was partly led by these like group of proud boys who were kind of they're very 
They're very stupid, but also big men. Obviously, mostly, almost entirely unarmed or just armed with things that they've picked up locally. You know, maybe they I'm don't sure need actual some arms. Of them, uh, all they some need of them is definitely did fucking come A and fucking B. With, you know, with guns. fully loaded, safety <laughs> off, you know, ready to but windmill like, anybody. It's so fascinating to watch. Like once they, some of them get into the into the Capitol building, they're like, it's so. It's like suddenly they're in this museum, right? And it's like there's, you know, that they have a certain aura about them these sort of places right it's yeah, kind of almost right. like a holiness right and some of the most effective security guards were actually the ones who were like oh come on don't break that jeremy you know, look d- don't don't do that or the ones who were just actually standing still and yeah. so it was they if they if the, if the security guard just like was like a a um one of those uh guys at the buckingham palace you know the guys who stand stock still yeah. and just just blocked away like they would often be fine, right? Weirdly, like the, the protesters wouldn't punch them or attack them or like try and try and push them out of the way if they just stood in a force. Whereas if the if the if the cops looked like they were scared or they were backing off or like they were raising weapons or they were like doing engaging like in a different way, then very quickly like people would just be like, they're not they're not they're not protecting it. We can we can reclaim the house, and then they they would just sort of barge their way through or charge their way through and. And certainly, like, a lot of the time, it was just guys saying, just unarmed guys, big guys, striding at a security guard. Um, And him him not wanting to shoot or attack that guy, that that guy not really being armed or even wanting to harm the security guard, right? Right. But, But, like, just through his sheer force of, like, aggression, like, physical, like, just just posturing, like, scarily, it, it caused this kind of strange... And so, so obviously, yeah, it was it was a it's a very strange documentary. It's full of um, a very strange event. Yeah, the whole thing aspects, is bizarre, right? right? Yeah. Like, like you know, there was almost like a, a certainly a battle for battle in certain areas, you know, where these guys are scrapping like hand to hand writing, you know, um, for 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 hours. Um, and, and, and all those different different kinds of of rioters gravitated towards different sort of areas and and therefore you had areas where the rioters were more not I'm not going to say chill but less likely to be violent and then the more violent ones were all sort of you know grouped up and let's get them yeah! sort of those guys it, stuck it, together it so you had people started pockets like I think of it, absolute nutters and pockets it, of people who were just sort of caught up in it absolutely there were like people who were with their there with their mates with a, with a with a with a goal and that was to like just call just to to be fighting you know to be right. angry to like like the people who turn up to a metal concert to go right. in the mosh pit, you know, <laughs> yeah. those were the kinds right. of people who were who were there. And then there were also people there who were just Trump supporters who just wanted to be part of it. There were also people who kind of wanted had an agenda and wanted to to make a like the the moose guy or whatever the shaman. You know, he was there to be seen and take pictures of him. You know, yes. and he's constantly trying to. He's got like a series of sort of, sort of people with him who he's hoping will take pictures of him and film him. And he's constantly gravitating towards the cameras and and standing on things and hoping to get. It's it's really interesting. It Other is. people are kind yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly what I tell all my fans when they saw those pictures of me there. And I said, you know, I'm trying to <laughs> insert myself into history, just like Forrest Gump did in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, I want to look back and I want to have a montage of all those, you know, historical events I was present at or whatever. You know what I mean? I you want to be there. I you just, want historians wanted, to go through the photos right. of the era. I wasn't there supporting it. God, up. no. I was there oh, just, just to be seen. Yeah, exactly. You know, 
I, like I, you know, I got. But then there Nixon gave me a Dr. Pepper. I can't In help it. In hundred years you know, time, hundred years time, there will be a conspiracy theory. Who is this strange middle-aged man, man who is at all of these major historical and events? At, just, and at every, just wave into the camera. Every sighting, he's wearing shorts for some reason <laughs> as well. Um, and In and January. the same pair at that. I mean, we. These 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 events have all taken place years and years apart, and this man has the same pair of shorts every time. What's going on? Incredible! What is going on? Yeah. It could be the start of a new conspiracy. That's right. So yeah. no, it, it doesn't make. I mean, the the, the 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 documentary doesn't really make. It's not great in terms of trying to understand the, the motivations, but it certainly does provide such an interesting series of lots of unseen. Um, documentary stuff footage because I, I guess it's like there was nowadays there's so much that comes out around an event that sometimes you don't really get a cogent kind of like viewpoint of what happened uh, or, or even like get to see all the good bits <laughs> in mm. one uh 88 minute long sort of film but oh man it's just so interesting just just seeing how it's sort of because they obviously had it was like an onion right the capital it had kind of like all these layers of, yeah. of security and as one would fall, you know, they'd fall back to the next one type type situation. But it started to get to the point where they were like unsure where their layers of security actually were, you know, because they had never had to think, oh crap, what is no, that's is it. What's the next thing we have to fall back to? Um, yeah, yeah, because it's, 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 it's different when it well. actually happens, right? Like you can be as ready as you can be, sort of thing. But when 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 shit's going down, it's. It's really different. It's almost isn't it? like it's almost like such an unbelievable thing, though, that people just wouldn't think it would be possible. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, well, look at look at nine eleven. You know, like it, uh, big buildings full of people. You know, they had all of the you know uh, you know documentation that they needed for emergencies and how how to deal with stuff and, and whatever. But you know, but imagine your job was to like go to the capital and say, look, imagine what would happen if ten thousand protesters came and you know, stormed the capital. Yeah. Everyone would fucking laugh you your face out there. They would not take you seriously at all. No. They wouldn't respect you at all. They wouldn't implement any of your planning at all. They wouldn't they wouldn't put any funding down to 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 to, to provide any I mean all very consistent with the rest of my life really mm. um. <laughs> I feel like no but like that, that it, you'd be you'd be accused of being some doomsday guy or some conspiracy yeah. theory guy do yeah. you know what I mean for planning this this future event but I guess I guess it it does feel like it's a, it's a low chance. Of you got to be that right? one but, guy on Reddit though who comes up with this crazy idea and then just keeps saying it keeps saying it keeps saying it and then eventually somehow by some miracle it either happens or part of it happens, and then he gets that five minutes where he's like, "I've been saying this all along," <laughs> you know. Like, there's there's people like that out there, isn't there? Who just like yeah, they come up with some. It's so true. there's there's always someone who'll who'll say they predicted it, much like the people who predict absolutely everything. Yeah, and then you know they, the 365 predictions when they get one of them right, they're yeah. suddenly oh. you know on the news. There's like a crap. Dave like Fuckface, who correctly predicted this event, you know, is, thinks this about this, and obviously he's got his other complete bullshit. Yeah. Um, but but I guess like you know, this is you can never plan for these things. But I think I even like Donald Trump. I'm sure never thought that the Capitol riots would take place the way because I think he was so used to spouting these rhetoric you know yeah. and like just sort of saying things that didn't I, I really feel like mean you can apply that to every aspect of of Donald Trump though right like I don't think he ever even expected to win like I like the, it just 
the whole thing was just so absurd, right? Like, I think yeah, you just thought, oh, well. It is, a, it is the strangest thing. It really, the, the whole way it's all panned out, the whole thing, him running and winning, and then yeah. everything that's happened since is just... And then there's just this, like, this, this dormant part of society that just was enabled by him as well, which is, is weird, right? Because, like, pre... They're, they've been around, but just never so um, in, in the front of everything, right? You know, like... It's, yeah, it's amazing. It's, I mean, there are people running... Now. There are people in Congress now who are, like, literally could be one of the people that was at that... You know, they're that nutty. <laughs> yeah. They could be one of the... They believe that everything, that the, the, all these conspiracies... There's a, so, so much more awareness around them now, I think. It's like, scary. They've probably been there it's all so along. It's so weird, but... the irrational... I mean, I, I feel like that, that this is... In, in a country though where we also just accept bullshit right like a lot of the religion that goes into the politics you know a lot of a lot of people are very much you know believing in the bullshit of religion it means they can also accept the bullshit of everyone else you know yeah. it's so clear to us that it's bogus but at the same time on the other side of the world we're fucking upgrading the large hadron collider and you know fucking doing like things at the very these, look, I looked at the upgrades to the Large Hadron Collider. It's so complicated. Um, the stuff, the the stuff, and so pinpoint precise and such such incredible technology. You know, getting free like, but that's just even the idea of like taking this like three mile long or half a mile long circle of tube tube that has to be so precisely yeah you know I mean, it is, it is you're preaching bonkers. to the choir here i've played like hundreds of hours of satisfactory i pretty much know <laughs> what i'm doing so <laughs> you know what it, it kind of makes me think that uh I, i've been playing a lot of civ 6 lately and i feel like if you could divide things up it would be like one nation is going for the science victory and they're pouring everything into the app and the other one is just having open revolts and revolutions and and uh like is is you know, we've we've got this this fucking war going on as well. It's all like kicking off. But then there's one one bunch of people just quietly trying to figure out what's inside a particle, you know, and crack fusion power. And I just think surely one of these things is obviously beneficial to everybody and one is insane. And we should focus more on the thing that might actually help and save us and make lives better for everybody, rather than being complete cunts all the time. But that's not the way things are. I think it, it turns out that people and getting people getting groups together and dealing with this shared history of idiocy that we've got hundreds of years of that is still massively problematic it turns out that's actually harder than fucking finding the higgs boson or whatever yeah. Do you know what i mean yeah. like like Who the knew? job of of like trying to bring people get them to actually fucking not hate each other or like i don't know be awful it's to impossible each other is, yeah some, sometimes fucking... it feels like we're at tier two and we're trying to unlock tier nine right and it's just like what are you going to do with all, with all what that you... forbidden knowledge <laughs> like there's <laughs> which, you, you which can't. tier specifically well no well we're making like some people are like like well it's a little bit like how in the expanse i really like the expanse universe because it's futuristic right people we're on mars and we're we're you know building spaceships and stuff and yet everyone all, all human dickheads. factions are still <laughs> bickering away <laughs> yeah. with yeah. each other you know they can there's, there's always someone there's, it's, who thinks it's politics that right there's always one person being mistreated and knowing they're mistreated and then being dicks about the fact that they're being mistreated yeah, you know well, and having often, this and often and, let's face it, it's the working men you know like those guys the belters they're just treated yeah. like shit. They're they're out there working hard. They're just trying to put food on the table. Yeah, 
or like you know space space and then you ice have cream all these in, fancy in the pouch. United Nations of Earth playboys in their big mega mansions, you know, plotting and scheming, chuffing on all the air and water they want, Effing and you know. jeffing all over the place. I mean, come on, exactly. Yeah, so I I I love that because I guess like I want my I like my sci-fi classically as all about is this is a Star Trek kind of the idea that everyone in the future is somehow better and it's smarter and bolder. Star, and, and... I felt like Star Trek. I, there was no real. Um, it was it was it was more like if if you were human and you worked on the starship, that's all you really saw. But everybody seemed like pretty comfortable they on there, right? They seemed enlightened, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they all seemed Star pretty Trek. smart, you know. They all seemed like, oh, to we've like, got rid of money, we got rid of poverty, yeah, we got rid of they hunger. all seemed to be well-fed we from of, their um, holodeck. You know, um, we got rid so of racism. Here's my question, right? Uh, th- th- this utopian society that, uh, that he created, and, and long-time listeners, I do apologize because I'm almost certain we've spoken about Star Trek's lack of money before, but it is interesting because people see that Star Trekian utopia yeah. as the event- inevitable goal of humanity. We are united, we're one planet, we're all getting along, we can replicate anything we need, we've got infinite energy, money is gone, you don't need to worry about that anymore, everybody's taken care of, and I don't know where we get all these resources from, but I guess space, you know, we went out and mined <laughs> stuff, we've got all kinds of mining sure. stuff in space, whatever. Loads of stuff in space. Yeah, tons of space. So I guess they've done that. Um, the idea that there would never be a group of people who would say, I hate the fact that Vulcans live on Earth. You know, we should get rid of them. You, you absolutely would have those people. And there yeah. would have to be some kind of democracy. But Otherwise, a, the Star Trek universe must be a totalitarian dictatorship. Well, that is the Star Trek universe, one. though, right? That's the, the final frontier is racism, basically. Like, a, <laughs> they can't get past <laughs> right. it. Like, they, I mean, everything else, they're like in Vulcans. every other way, except yeah. they just will not tolerate aliens. Like, they hate... Well, but, but in Next Gen, that's not the case. Because in next gen, there are aliens on the ship. They have a Klingon as their security officer, right? Yeah, the guy probably I know, most but I mean, come on, everybody, everybody's got like, oh yeah, my my mailman's a Klingon, you know, like it, it, it's the old, it's that old <laughs> one, right? Like no, some no, of no. my best friends are my Klingons. best friend. I know plenty of Klingons, you know, like that's... no one is say calling Worf like pasty head behind his back, <laughs> though, are they? Do you know no, I mean? but in the in the original series. Bones McCoy is extremely racist towards uh, Spock. You blue-blooded bastard, or whatever yeah. he says. He's always Yo, constantly he's, you're a stupid Vulcan head. Fucking you're stupid fucking ears. Hey, stupid cum- ears. Come over here hey, and do an analysis on. <laughs> yeah, dickhead. That's why Bones is literally like that all the time. Hey, analyze and this, just like, and he's Kirk giving him the middle him. finger and stuff. Like, come Kirk's on. Kirk's just like <laughs> Bones and his racism. <laughs> yeah. So what the fuck, Kirk? Step well, I think in. that's a product that's of the '60s, the way, though, mate. right? Like we were still just casually racist in the '60s, and so I think but, that you know but, the '60s Lewis. view of what humanity thought that they would be is right, just racist forever. No, the Remember. next generation tried to be really squeaky clean, but what it did cleverly was it used data as its outlet, so data would like malfunction sometimes and then just be like more racist for an episode and that was that was the next generation's way of like you know just having an outlet to vent sometimes like because they couldn't make Riker or troy or like beverly crusher i mean she's a mum for christ's sake like you can't be racist when you're a mum but um right but see data malfunctioning all of a sudden he could be turned up and he'd be like hey 
hey, Wafflehead, you know, or like, hey, Big Nose, you know, and they're like, what the hell's right. wrong with Data? It's oh, shit, some circuit malfunction again. And that's the whole episode, basically. And then the I next we deleted racism in 21 22 of the <laughs> conference of you know, back to normal. Rome. Yeah. Well, you're telling me that there are episodes, multiple episodes, where the entire premise is. Data malfunctions and turns into a racist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Captain, I've just noticed that uh, Jordy is black. Perhaps we should <laughs> No, no. No, Jordy's him. human. He wouldn't say anything about Jordan. Jor- Jordan. But Jordy, Jordy Jordan. Has Jordan. But Jordy has a race. No. Or are no. we saying that the, the, the skin color it's essentially as being a differentiator has been. That, uh, that, so it's that just has been overcome. We're ex- so he's specious. Yes. Yes. Right. That's, okay. the, so that's the type of. of, of I've ism met a lot of humans with. who look more fucking alien than any of the aliens in Star Trek. You know, yeah. I think it's at that you got you got to make aliens weird if you want to be racist against them, right? Like put them in bags or tanks or like make them all make them you know 70 feet in size yeah. you know you got to, i think the problem with star trek was that all the aliens were all too fucking human and so it was it was very they, easy they for us a, to they not had a be reason weird. for that right the reason was that the, some ancient civilization had seeded all these worlds with humanoids and they yeah. all evolved so differently i believe I any like any trekkers out there can, can was correct a bit this a, in the a, comments a, that was a bit of a back and the old uh, Universal translator, Bull very handy. Roar to me, yeah. Very, very handy. And uh, the fact that aliens know don't know how to kiss uh, is is. is oh, good speaking too. of kisses and talking about the original series having racism in. Uh, remember, they had at the time this was the height of the Cold War, and they had Chekhov keeping the Klingons out of the starboard bow. So he was meant to be like, oh, we're chill with the Russians now. Yeah. And Uhura was the first interracial kiss on television. Was of course Captain Kirk and uh, Uhura and. You know, they had that episode where the guys were half of their face was white and half was black. And it was depending on which way round the white and black was. And they were like, those white on the left, black on the right bastards will never be in charge. How dare you, you black on the right, white on the left, son of a bitch. You know, they were like at odds (laughs) over that division, which I assume there is a cookie in the States called the black and white cookie where it has black chocolate icing on one half and white icing on the other. And it's like a big cookie. I, it literally looks like that. So I assume one of the writers was buying one of these one day, saw that cookie and went, what if I could write a really shitty uh, episode about racism and, and point out its stupidity? And yet, all the other races, like you say, the Klingons, are like despicably evil. And in, in the new series, it's the Ferengi. And they're, you know, oh, they're just bad guys. They're definitely not meant to be like Jewish is it ferengi or the romulans who have like big fucking like satellite dish ears and and like the pointy they look teeth. like vulcans because they're related aren't they the the romulans and the vulcans are, are basically uh the same people oh right. yeah they came from way. like the next second next nearby anyway i was thinking about this because i went to the van gogh uh interactive van ex- exhibit van gogh van gogh um the guy outside was like, you coming in for the Van Gogh exhibit? And I was like, <laughs> man, yes. every, Van every fucking time. Yes, this isn't, eh? But it isn't. I'm covered in uh, shit and, and vomit all the time and like falling asleep standing up. And this guy's going to a Van Gogh exhibit. Come on. So, let so him be it was free. in, it was in London, um, in a, like a big warehouse. And the idea is, is that they, um, they have these big projectors and they sort of project all of his art up on the walls and so like starry night and so you're in there and it's kind of this it's like it's, it's like there's a few like it's just like a big gallery 
with lots of pictures of all of his stuff and a bit of history and lots of things on the wall. You know those things on the wall where you stand there and read them and you're like, oh, this is fucking boring. And then, yeah, there's a big room and they just... It's really interesting because it kind of immerses you in his art. Right. Um, and they've it's very stylized. But it reminded me in a lot of ways of... Even though this all happened in like 1880s, 1890, it's all very kind of similar. Like you'll see like he painted like these landscapes they look the same as now you know he painted wait, wait, like wait. a street the with like a cafe looks the same as now or the yeah. paintings so you're saying no. like things ain't changed that much obviously obviously, obviously all the landscapes look the same but but even architecturally like he paid he paid like a lot of cafe scenes and sort any of scenes. starbucks in there well there was like yeah there was almost honestly like i was like this some of the pictures that he's done that are very famous you know could be still to you know a, an image of what you would see today you know walking around at any kind of european right. city uh with the cobbled streets and a at a cafe with some you know some nice chairs outside it it's kind of very what familiar if, what if um, in the future uh when all these corporations are, are richer than than we could even imagine now and there are trillionaires out there and stuff like that which is coming what if they just went and bought all this art and they now own it and they can do what they like with it. What if Starbucks bought that cafe picture and just changed it, paid someone to paint the word Starbucks on the cafe and then exhibited it? Could you imagine that happening? I I, I think they'd be furious if that happened. People would be losing their mind. They'd be... The thing is, like, Van Gogh... Would people and... actually give a shit? Yes, because oh, I don't think someone, people, they I think someone would. Sure. I, I'm telling they you, most people mind. don't give a shit. Most people no, would no, not they... give a shit. Are you mental? Yes, I am. He's actually I'm had to step you, away from his I computer. Don't think He's people, I don't think people enraged. give a shit. I think, sadly, most people would say, never heard of it, mate. And they wouldn't no, give a shit. No, no, no. Yes. Van Gogh, I think that's the point of Van Gogh, that everyone's heard of him, and therefore he's overrated. You think I that? Think. I don't think. I, I guarantee you a lot of fucking people have no fucking idea who he is. I watch no, these videos no, no. where they go and ask people which continent is so and so in, and they have no fucking idea. What's the capital of France? Don't know, mate. Germany? You're like, they're people are fucking idiots. They might have heard of Van Gogh, cut his ear off, didn't he? But you yeah, can yeah, show yeah. them a, one of his paintings and say, who do you think this is? Oh, no idea, mate. And you can uh, show no, them well, the fucking course. anything. And they wouldn't but even fucking me, know. I and wouldn't, I don't even, think they Even care. I probably probably wouldn't you know necessarily know who well i'm not an expert i'm you not gotta look for trademarks not... though right like my like my thing i always thought if i was ever going to become uh like an artist my thing would be one-legged three-breasted women like somewhere <laughs> in all of my paintings you would find one right, right? And like so Richard be... Scarry always painted that little bug in all the, the corners of all his his uh yes. books and things you're saying let's chuck Big old three tits, one leg in there. Yeah. So a hundred yeah. years time, man on the street is going to be like, oh yeah, that Chris Lovitz, I remember his paint. He's the one with three titted women in. <laughs> oh yeah, love those. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. He's I'm just right saying, I, I, think, I think from our com closeted middle class perspective, where we're very, uh, you know, c comfortable and we, we know about things like Van Gogh and stuff like that, I think a lot of people genuinely wouldn't have a fucking clue and it would be a story for a week, and we would be horrified, but I guarantee you most people in the world wouldn't give a shit. And Starbucks would think, look at all this publicity we've got. I don't think they'd give a shit. I don't think it would I affect don't know. their sales. I think people would be like banning Starbucks for like art crime. I think people would be like mad as hell. Well, You've you got, went like... to a gallery. Let me ask you a question. How busy was it? It was, it was, an, it was a gallery. Were there thousands of people there? 
It was an interactive experience. No, but it was busy. Right. Uh, they had but to, were like... there literally people queuing around the block to see this? No, because I all... went to Thorpe uh... Park not long ago, and getting in was a fucking bastard. More people <laughs> than go to fucking Thorpe Park. If you tore down Thorpe Park, you'd have a revolution. People don't <laughs> care about this stuff. The matters, they don't care. They just want we to go to we're Thorpe overstating Park. overstating it. Most people don't give a shit. Most people were more upset about the fucking Super League with the Premier League. That got people out on the fucking street. Don't take off football away. Ah! But if you yeah. said we're, we're getting rid of all the Van Gogh paintings and putting Starbucks there, and they'd be like, that's fucking stupid, man. I don't know whether too much more money than sense. But they wouldn't take no, it to the street. They, they, would, they don't they, care. I think, I think any lesser artist, sure, right? If it was any old fucking chump. But I feel like there's a couple of artists that are just so culturally bound because of the ear thing. And because, oh, he was mental, wasn't he? He went he was crazy, but he shot himself, didn't he? Um, you know, because of his... He became... You know, I, I think that everyone knows Van Gogh. Your kids will know, have heard of him, right? Because he is part of our f- cultural fabric, right? That He is a some, some kind of touchstone, landmark moment in history and art and... and interpretation of what things look like right yeah and and and, and a quirky story because it's only a what a weird thing to what is the weird thing that sticks with you right like you know name something that fucking i don't know some other famous artist did i can't even name another famous fucking artist do you know what i mean like huygens <laughs> <laughs> name something that he did or um what about Bob you know Ross? one of the other dutch masters bob ross yeah what did he do you know he painted he a whole bunch of show. bangers like fucking hundreds of episodes worth yeah but he was a quirky guy he had this big hair he had that weird like demeanor you know he had this 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 like you said it has to be the a, they need a gimmick i hate to say it and i hate to say that van gogh had a gimmick that he fucking cut his ear off and was very mentally ill poor man he had a tough time like it was a very sad thing he was clearly yeah, extremely accomplished painter Doctor who struggled who? with mental health Doctor who took him uh, and showed him what people think of his art in the future, so he's fine. But he didn't kill episode. himself then. No, so he, he went, went to the future to... and Doctor Who saved Man. him, yeah. Imagine yeah, Doctor Who well, brought really... him to this future and made him read YouTube comments about himself. That'd be, that'd be pretty If he was good, a content right? creator today, you could, you could be the greatest artist of all. Mozart, right? Van Gogh, all of them could, if they were content creators nowadays, the YouTube comments, there'd still be people doing load of rubbish, sounded like his last one. Who needs some new stuff from Mozart? This stuff's a bit samey. It would that it would be like that. Yeah. I think yeah, people people do not appreciate fucking anything in their their wankers and shitheads and idiots. I'm one. But of them. even I think that even people, <laughs> but people did that at the time. Yeah, they Van did. Van Gogh yeah. never sold a painting when right. he was alive, right? Right. And same thing with all these other people. I'm sure, like Vermeer, when he was doing those fucking beautiful photorealistic paintings, you know, and they were like incredible. Everyone was like, "Oh, he's just using some fucking cheat, isn't he? He's he must be using some." Uh, Oculus uh, ex- exclusious, you know, like that fucking thing where you, you know, you have the the the, the, the beam of light coming through and it projects right. it, and they paint over it. He's right. just uh, painted over it, you know. But I'm sure everyone was fucking given a hard time, and yeah, and, and like Rembrandt was probably everyone was like, oh, it's not all that good, is it? I so imagine that. that, Lewis. This is at a time when there was no alternative. There were no photographs. There were no films. There was no Instagram. There was nothing. None of your TikToks. Basically, if you wanted to go see something that looked like, you know, 
something and like like a painting that was it you had to go look at painting man even music though and like, even then they didn't like it what was People it, didn't uh, like it then. what was the first That's my point what was the first way that you could listen to music without actually being at a concert was it like the was it a gra- gramophone or whatever like the the one the the crank yeah. one that 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 yeah. plays like the the record and then they i mean they they, they they had those music boxes where you could go ding 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 yeah yeah no but i mean like you think like some of these like uh you know old 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 school composers and stuff the only way that you really could have listened to them is to be there right you yeah you'd actually have to go to the concert i mean they didn't have festivals where he played open air in front of a million people like the the rolling stones do or whatever you know it was all very no, I think sort they of, did, you know, though. I think they had, like, no. those open-air con- con- concertos open with candlelight supper included and stuff. Like, Yeah, but that's all fancy dance going to that. That's not your average bloke, no. is it? No, that's true. They had amphitheaters and, and uh, yeah, theaters and, and yeah. areas to play music and speak and things like yeah, this. They, they had these events, but, I mean, it was... it was. It, you're right, like, in a sense... You know, I think what a sense I got from Van Gogh. Would you go? I okay, I got a question the, just before you continue. I got a question for you. I'm just though. gonna I'm gonna talk shit without having any knowledge. Go on, you, you, you <laughs> cut me off. Okay, so that would be unusual. Okay, imagine you live back in 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 time, and there's no way to listen to music other than to attend a live show. Would you go see Adele live? Yes. What is this again? I, I, you, you're so wrong about this. Like, I, 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 of all the wrong opinions we've had, your obsession with Adele being a show that no one would enjoy is, is insane. It's insane. It's one you of your go, worst takes. You would go and see Wu-Tang oh, yeah. live, right? And you have done. Oh, yeah. You know, you have to like it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But you wouldn't. You wouldn't. If you got. Are you saying if you got free tickets to a down <laughs> and it was just round the corner, you would. You wouldn't go. Yeah, I would not. Okay. I would not. So let me point this out. Someone oh, called on, me close-minded. Somebody called me close-minded on Reddit. They were like, "Parents so close-minded." I, I, I don't think I'm go. close-minded. If I just I didn't say anything, you could say I'm open-minded. But God forbid I give an opinion. My opinion is, I think Adele's pretty bloody good. Yeah, no, I'm that's not fair. saying I'm not shooting that's down fair. the Wu Tang Clan. I'm just saying I think she's pretty good. How is that close-minded? I just if, it, if Wu-Tang was opening for Adele, would you go to the Adele concert? I would, yeah. I'd watch Wu-Tang. Okay, would leave leave the opening act. He'd fucking leave. <laughs> I'd be like, all right, show's over. What if what if the Wu-Tang was on, but Adele was was, was playing first? What she for them? Like, you had to like, sit through like her. Kind of like an Eminem Dido sort of thing, like... Yeah, sure. I don't know. I, I, I guess I, I, I guess I would like put up with it or whatever. But okay. What, what if, yeah, like what if they worked the Wu Tang Clan into all of her songs? What like so change, she'd be singing, change uh, the beats around and hello, like, you know, um, <laughs> and then they'd come in, yeah, they sort of rap over the top of it or whatever. And, I mean, yeah. I can't think of would anybody who would someone in wouldn't want ass? to see that. So I would just, yeah, no, I would definitely watch that. I think it would spice it up. Maybe that's what's I think needed. You would be tapping your feet along with the beat, just like every old dad at a disco. I think that's what. I think. That, hey, do you know what? On this topic, I was watching. I watched the start of the Beastie Boys story on uh, Apple Plus, just like a documentary about the Beastie Boys. And one thing that yep. struck me was um, the intro is like there's like there's like this kind of like five minute montage, you know, intro like with like some of their songs, footage of them and stuff, and this all leads up to the format of the show, which is the two surviving members of the Beastie Boys um, kind of like hosting like a live, at a live venue, they're on stage, almost like they're doing a TED talk, but like 
you know, telling the story of the Beastie Boys sort of thing. So they both come out on stage and you, you can see the audience and stuff. And, uh, you know, like Sabotage is playing or something like that. And they come out on stage and they're quite a bit older now, you know, like they, these guys are like probably in their 50s now or whatever. But um, the, the, the thing that struck me was when you look out in the audience, it's it's like it, it was like a, a sea of my mom and dad. Like it's just like all these like balding old old people like wearing, yeah, like, well, you know, office now, clothes and stuff. And like, I guess at the time they were kids when when Beastie Boys were like, you know, churning out the, the bangers and stuff. Mike, but, Mike D is 56. Yeah, I know. It's, cra- yeah. it's crazy to think, though, isn't it? They're like, not so much boys as yeah. as, gen- as you'd, you'd really struggle to find gents. in that audience any young people, right? Because I guess it's just um, like we were saying about like Mozart and stuff like that. You you listen to the stuff that's of, of your time, I suppose, right? Like the, right. the stuff that you listen to uh, and then you probably just carry on listening to. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. But um, you know what I mean? Like yeah, like kids now are listening to, to what's popular now, I'm sure now, it was right? the same for Mozart. People said, I loved his early stuff, you know, yeah. when he was eight. That stuff was great. But now he's 12. Yeah. Rubbish. Yeah. He's really crap now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 a weird, it's a weird one. But, I mean, it's, it's interesting, too, I guess. But... Man, Ill, Ill Communication, when that album came out yeah. uh, in 1994, I was... Just a, I was approaching like I was like seventeen I think yeah maybe I was eighteen and it was just it was so fucking good. it was yeah like I was absolutely yeah, it was blown it away was the soundtrack of the start of high school for me like it was just that that album came out it. and you heard it everywhere like every skate park somebody would be playing it like you know outside or whatever uh you know you go to school. If you were on, if you took a bus to school or whatever, you'd hear somebody would have it on their Walkman or or whatever. You know what I mean? Like you just you heard it everywhere. It was huge. It was just this like yep. massive, massive album that everybody everybody loved. And it was, uh, yeah, it's it, it it's it's funny to think. But and and now you know all those people that loved it are like in their fifties now. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah <they're> <laughs> and going to the Beastie it's... Boys story live live event thing, but, which but is fine. That's you it's going fine. to the Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, thing, exactly. Yeah, I mean, all the guys and all, all the 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 Wu Tang Clan members are in their fifties now. Like, uh, I was watching. Uh, I used to listen to a lot of like uh, like No Effects, like uh, kind of like skate punk when I was younger as well. Sure. And those guys, those guys are still performing and stuff. Like they did this backyard. Um, party performance thing uh during covid and uh it, you know like there was people there like masks it was outdoors but they were just playing some of their old songs and stuff like that and these guys are like you know mid mid to late 50s like they're still right. you know they're still still just doing the same old shit you know you can it is funny to see punks doing yeah this stuff. they they still have like you know mohawks and 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 stuff but they're just a little bit fatter and a little bit saggier than they they were and vi- visibly, you can tell that most of them have really struggled through addictions and stuff in their life as well. <laughs> but which is, God, you know, it, it happens. You know, some people, some people weather it worse than others, I guess, or whatever. But I don't know. It's kind of nice. Like uh, it's like reassuring in some ways too, right? To think, oh, you know, these people are just so still doing question, the same right? stuff. When when people were going to see like Barry Manilow, yeah, or uh, and stuff like that from that seventies era, yeah. and. The audience was all for a lot of these acts. People of that age, man. For me, I don't know 60s. if this is right, but that scene in Goodfellas where he takes his, uh, what's her face to um, is it Helen? What what's her name? 
the the Karen. Karen. When he takes Karen to that show uh, at at that uh, at that place, right where yeah, it's like at the restaurant. At the restaurant, and they and, and you know like the waiter has to like bring the table over and set yeah. it all up quickly and stuff. Bob, Bobby Darren or something. So, I think I, they go to see. I don't, yeah, He's I like, can't remember. But it's sweet enough yeah. for you. And he like sends him champagne. People and stuff going like to see Manilow yeah. must have been consuming Manilow in that manner. I I will not accept it any other way. Right. That is what do you mean of the time? I feel like. You know, you dressed up, you wore a suit. It was like a big, a big event, and you went to see him at like this dimly lit venue where they had to bring the table out to you and stuff like that. <laughs> no, I think he was like he was very popular with with women. Yeah, he was like a, a heartthrob, Barry Manilow. Um, and he, I mean, you know, ironically, because they didn't know he he's gay. Um, so as I understand Wait, what? it, yes. Of course. I don't know if you're being Son serious. Of, I know I'm not. I'm just joking. <laughs> okay. um, no, um, yeah, but it's... So, yeah, I, I don't think they went... I mean, Barry Manilow played, like, big stadiums and big concerts. Yeah, like, he, he was did, a yeah. big, uh, big artist. He was, I, yeah. I don't think he played that little little tiny uh, venue. Maybe early on yeah. he did. But then he, I think he was a resident in Vegas for fucking years. Yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. That. But I think it's just the, but the so, style when of we were growing up, music. When you know? we were growing up, that was seen as, like, old people music. Yes. And the Beastie Boys was completely different. Yes. So my question is, when you go to see the Wu-Tang Clan or you go to see the Beastie Boys, if they played now, yeah. would it just be an old crowd and young people would be saying, Ab that's old no, person No, absolutely. Music. I mean, when we went to because see... Because it still sounds relevant we went to, to When we went to go see Ghostface in Bristol, I would say that the demographic of that crowd was probably like... Uh, it was you. Me, yeah, mid-30s, early 40s. Easy. Like yeah. it was people who were teenagers when when Wu Tang. Right. So my came point out. is, would young people, and I'm talking teenagers and people in their twenties, yeah. have any interest in their music? Would they see it as old person music? Because I, I know there are a lot of young people now who think that music now is rubbish. Yeah, and they still listen to stuff from the eighties and nineties as being like the golden age. They probably. Do. I know lots of people that say that. Especially when it comes to metal and, and rock and yeah. stuff like that. It seems nowadays as not being like a, a thing. I think some people view 90s hip-hop as like boomer music, like uh, which is kind of odd, but, I, you know, I guess it's changed I, a I, lot, I, right? I, I, I think well, that we are, still huge, there's multiple right? generations though, yeah. right? Like, I mean, when my when I was growing up, my mum listened to certain music, like the Beatles, which which was fine. You know, I think that was, and that's still, it's transcended the kind of everyone can like the Beatles, right? Whereas some of their stuff also is, to Kate is Bush, almost timeless, right? right? And fu fuck Kate Bush, do you know what I mean? And fuck a bunch Excuse of the other me? stuff. Excuse that... <laughs> me? What the hell? Like, Hold on, slow bunch... down. You're not what? a fan of Kate Bush. No, I'm not. Man, I am glad that you floated in with this bad take because I feel like the uh, pressure is off me for having the Adele bad take. How now. the fuck can you not like Kate Bush, dude? I don't know. I just never, never got it. Oh right? my I, god! Oh but my I think, god! Do you know what? I think that was because it was something my mum liked, right? right? And therefore, I didn't like it. Because oh, you just that, weren't. You're right? not a fan of like Wuthering Heights or running up that hill or Babushka. It nothing. wasn't my. It wasn't yeah. that music that was hitting. You know, I was listening to you know Texas Paradise and stuff. Right. When I was he was age. listening yeah, to uh, Kate Bush. He was listening. You can. You must listen to Kate Bush. Let the bodies hit the she, floor. She's incredible. She is incredible. I am a big fan of Bush. I'll look it up on Spotify. I'll probably like it. Kate you know Bush I mean? was but, uh, was was kind of discovered and produced by one of the guys from Pink Floyd, right? Like, wasn't he related to her in some way or, or something? But, like, kind of discovered yeah, her right. and, and then yeah. also, like, produced her first album and promoted her 
heavily at the time as well. I'm I'm sure this is true. I was I, very I can much, believe it. you know, in in the mid '90s, early 2000s. That's when I was this. That's when I was discovering music, and also I was at school, and so it was important music. Yeah. It was important to to like the music that your peers were listening to. You know, so the strokes made me genuinely and that angry, kind of stuff. Well, I mean, Bush that's revelation. what kids, te- teenagers are like, right? And you yeah, carry a lot of that of with you man. throughout what, what your was life. Your, what was your music snobbery of the time? Like, um, you know, as a, as, a, as a person who was like, you know, say, say 14, 15 years old, you started listening to, at the time, what you thought was like serious music, right? Important music. You kind of transitioned from like listening to joke music to or like kids music to just like normal music you're in right your, in your it's, eyes it's right? like it's like it's like the ramones right yeah it's like it's like people think teenage so there's certain groups of teenagers who are the music aficionados right and they have they're the ones with ramones t-shirts who don't actually like the ramones um and and stuff like this do you know what I mean like like that there's certain bands that do have this reputation, Pink Floyd's a good example as well of, of people who are, are kind of the 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 the, the artist's choice, yeah. you know, almost like uh, the artist's favorite artist, you know. And I'm not saying that they're not good; they're not necessarily mainstream, though, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I remember. Um, I remember being slightly uh, snobbish towards the Offspring. Remember the Offspring when they came out? Oh, they were shit. Really? They were, yeah. But they were very, they were very popular when they came out. Remember, like self esteem and all that. And I so like there, there, a lot of those bands like Papa Roach, yeah. and Limp Biscuit and all that shit. I, I I really hated it. What did they called it? New metal. Yeah, new metal. Right? A lot yeah. Of that stuff. I, it left me absolutely cold. It just seemed so. I think the start seemed, of all that it was like kind none of... of them ever fucking washed. No, you know what I mean. I feel like this it just made me think of the insane clown posse, stinky crotch, stank ass <laughs> bitches, just disgusting, <laughs> fucking smelly, fucking disgusting. But I, I, I thought Linkin Park were a great band. I loved Linkin Park when I was a teenager. You know? Linkin Park were a banger, mate. That's that's fair. But new new metal, I feel like uh, maybe I'm maybe I I got this wrong, but I I feel like there's there's a correlation between new metal's popularity and uh, and and professional wrestling at the time as well. <laughs> I know that's really funny. That's interesting. Because that I feel like I feel like WWE or well, it was probably WWF at the time, and uh, and WCW helped popularize new metal big time right like because they used I think the, the, the the music went it with was, it that was just a like, go-to genre of music for every entrance for a wrestler angry at the music. time right like it was it's angry yeah. music right but it's also kind of modern yeah. so you don't feel like you're just playing acdc no. again like it's something that's current yeah. so young people will like it but it's also angry and wrestling fans always seem to be like screaming like they're about to tear someone apart yeah uh, so yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, that's my take on it. I always see it that way as well. But uh, for me, I feel like new metal kind of started with, like with uh, Rage Against the Machine, right? Like their sound was just so different to what you were kind of used to in the, in the 90s. I, I don't know if I'd consider them new metal. I don't know. They um, were so different though. Like cuz they were very different. Cuz new new metal know, to there, me there always like had this... like kind of almost a bit of hip hop to it, right? Like like just yeah. like the the beats yeah. and like the just the, the 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 cadence and stuff too. All right. So would you put uh, well, the, what do we call the red the red hot chili peppers? Red hot chili peppers is <laughs> no. But what was the name we came up with them for the other week? 
We call them the, the Chili Willies or something. <laughs> I, can't I can't remember now. Oh, fuck. Well, either way, would you say that they were new metal? I don't know. I, I mean, Red Hot Chili Peppers, I feel like, are... Oh, man, like I don't know. I don't know how to categorize. Like, I would probably categorize them sometimes as pop, right? Like, because some of their songs but are... But certainly their earliest stuff. Their earliest stuff, yeah, it was very was, demeaning. Had it had rapping and stuff yeah. like that, like that was not an uncommon no. thing. And you would say Anthony Kiedis' singing was not the classic rock no, style. No, not it at was, all. It yeah. was different. I guess the so I, they, it, it was. Weird. I guess they're like a they they are a rock band. They have to be, and I feel Absolutely like they've they are. experimented a lot too. Like I'm not. But do you think that they had a big influence on new metal because they were? And still, you know, for, for a long time, they, they were massive. I guess so. And I think they were very influential. I guess they probably did, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I really don't know enough about them as a band. You know, like, I'm I'm right. obviously familiar with, like, some of their bigger, more mainstream songs or whatever. But, like, I, I've never owned a Red Hot Chili Peppers album or listened to a full right. album or, you know, like, I, I wouldn't say I'm a fan. Like, like some of their songs so I, I like. So what about Porno but... for Pyros? Do you remember, remember them? Porno for Pyros, bands like yeah. that. So when you think about bands like that, I feel like that was a and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. That was a very California thing. Yeah, they were all, always tops off, very tanned, lots of tattoos. Yeah, you know they looked like a bunch of surfers, yeah. and they played a sort of not softer metal, but different from the classic metal that had been around in the sort of seventies and eighties. Yeah. And as the nineties came out. They became different. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Porno for Pyros, like a new wave of metal, you might say. Man, what's uh, new metal? Remind me, Porno for Pyros, like what was like a big song of theirs? Like I, like I, I remember the band, but I just can't remember any of their music. Um, what about um, We'll Make Great Pets? Do you remember that we'll one? Make great Pets. Oh, maybe I don't yeah. know. Jesus. I have to go back and listen to. I, I'll I'll recognize it if I hear it, but it's been a while. Like again. Yeah, I'm mean, just. Uh, I'm not. They weren't like enormous or whatever you know they weren't like the red hot chili peppers but they were pretty big yeah i mean there there were a lot of bands around like that that california rock sound but i I think that was what led into limp biscuit and and stuff and insane clown posse that kind of but that was more of a i I could be talking absolute bollocks here but this is how i I feel about it when our music knowledge ends right like oh man yeah for me for me like late late 90s is kind of like it it drops off and ever since it's been like what are you yeah, talking about stuff now. Yeah, I, 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 to, I went to a gig a couple of weeks ago for a band that's still going and relatively young. Yeah, no, I, I mean, wish I did listen to more music. That was I, more I, I think it's like I, I, I think it's not as common, but it, it. I mean, for sure, it happens. You know, like I guess the thing is, I do listen to a lot of music, but I don't know who it's by. Music is fucked up now. It's on. I listen to Spotify, but I don't listen to necessarily specific like. Bands. You can consume a ton of different music now, like like never before, right? I like, to, like weird genres, like Nintendo Edge cyberpunk pop. I yeah. listen to like weird fucking mix up playlists, so and I don't, I don't find a think... song I like, and I right. like play song radio, that's and then it the plays change. fucking random shit. I think I, that's I don't the know change. a band. That the I album to. is dead. The album. I'm sorry to say it, but the album is dead. Yeah. Like you can be a well-known artist, but nobody could name one of your. Obviously, albums. there's exceptions to this, but ge- in of a general sense, yes, I agree. But yeah, albums used to be Johns. fucking everywhere. Yeah. Right. Obviously, Smoke and Oakum. I know. I'm like, just saying, um, in general, people consume artists track by track, and you want to have a whole bunch of different tracks by a whole bunch of different artists, rather than waiting for a big new album to drop, and that whole album 
has taken like three years to put together. Now it's like album, 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 yeah. tour, 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 all at the same time. So I feel like there's a, been a big change from the big, like, defining album of a genre and a sort of generation. Yeah. Like, like uh, Sgt. Pepper, for example. Yes. Uh, although that, that's not the only one. I'm obviously just no, that's no. an example. Nowadays, artists, they do bring out new albums, of course. But the idea that people only consume music by uh, listening to an entire album is... People don't just buy albums, they buy tracks, or they just listen on Spotify, yeah, of course. or YouTube, or whatever. It's changed. But I, 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 I am it interested really in the concept of, of an album, though, and, and like, uh, like the flow of an album. And if people do it, and they do it well, I, th right. I still think that that's great, you know, to listen to an album from start to finish, because that's kind of the way they intend you to listen to it. Right. You know? But bear in mind, back then, like, we're talking tapes, CDs, yeah. and, and records. You put that on, and you have to listen to the whole thing, or you listen. You have to find one track, listen to it, take God, it off man, the that record used to be player, so hard or take the tape tapes. out. Remember, you, right? You, put another tape in. Yeah. So really, the album experience it was defined by technology it's, rather it's, than people's it's taste. Totally or different. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's. I, I can't think of a time when I have actually put on music to listen to that music specifically. It's always to when I'm doing something. I guess yeah. like a podcast. Most. I'll give you. Here's well, an but... artist for you. He's re he's very young. He's he's been around for a few years now, but uh, but he he's very young. He's like 27 or something, and he, he's he's got. I think he's got two albums. So his he's name very is, young. He's very young. His name is Sam Fender. He's British. He's excellent. Is he British he's, or is he, he is, British? He he is from Newcastle, so he's he's British. And he, okay. he's he's absolutely brilliant. I, I I so a couple of my my lads put me onto him. He's really really good. Uh, he is like a British version of Bruce Springsteen. Oh, genuinely, wow. the sound is very similar. Saxophone, drum, rock. Uh, he sings about real things like you know his life and and things that people are worried about and like genuinely moving lyrics he, he's he's brilliant he's absolutely brilliant so yeah i, I think he's the, the closest thing i've heard to bruce does he have any adele diss tracks because i would be a hundred percent more interested <laughs> he does not a fucking hit adele <laughs> Fuck everybody adele. put your hands in the air if you fucking hate adele she's so fucking boring who the fuck would even go to an adele concert they'd be fucking bored Fuck adele and if Wu-Tang opened for her, I would only go to see them and then leave. <laughs> it's like very specific. <laughs> oh man, oh, that's catchy, so yeah. dude. I'm definitely gonna check him out now. I haven't heard that little demo. Yeah, I'm glad you got permission There's to play a, that a saxophone solo in there <laughs> somewhere too. Yeah. Oi, period, mate. If you want to play me new Adele diss track, you've got to hit me. Cover on the fucking podcast. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I fucking hate Adele. <laughs> oh man. Right. Goes I, Woo! I think we should probably leave it there. Thank you, everyone. A uh, bit of a weird little chat today, but I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> no, it was, we covered um, a lot of bases: we, music, Star Trek, politics. All yeah, it. all the staples Art. of the podcast. It's Art. like, uh, you know, it's like a, it's like a, like a true icing Hot on the takes. cake episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, love you. We'll see you next time. Thank you, everybody. Mm -hmm. Peace. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.